Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. Point is, the end result is the same. Duty calls. I have searched the world over before you. That is so cool. You guys all just have this really tight bond. Just call me the computer whisperer. He seemed so nice and warm. You don't want to come back to my place? The smell makes me nauseous. You know, I thought it was going to be a slow night. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Can we go now? Hey, welcome to Beer with Buffy, all you crazy-ass doodle-doos out there. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And today on Beer with Buffy, we're going to be reviewing Season 5, Episode 5 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It is titled, No Place Like Home. So get out your goddamn ruby slippers and clack them together until they go, (laughs) and you'll probably still be in the same place right where you were, because that's not how that works, guys. (laughs) That's how none of this works. Nothing really works that way. (laughs) If you're trying to go home by clacking your ruby slippers together, it better be something that you're doing on an app to call an Uber. (laughs) Otherwise, I've lost all respect for you. I kind of want to make like a pair of shoes that are designed to when you clack clack them together like that, it like calls you an Uber. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. You make millions and it'll be a fad for like a week. (laughs) <laughs> right. And then it'll make it into a magazine's top 50 shittiest apps <laughs> of the year. Oh, sadly, I can't program for shit. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> With an idea like that, somebody will do it for you. <laughs> well, hey, guys, I think Rex has a big old list of executive doodle-doos to read out. I'm getting there. I had to drink more beer. I just wanted to say executive doodle-doos. Yeah, I know you did. Drink all the beer you want. So, our executive producers are Jay Sommer, Paul Dalheimer. Both of those sound new to me. Yes. Christina, Lauren Jewell, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Catrick J. Fur. <laughs> I love that. Hilly Hilfman, Scarlett Choi, Janella Lindauer, Simo Pinty, Meredith McCaslin, Rose Clark, See in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, K. Fronome, Father DeFenestrato, Methuen DeBurr, Kelly McAdams, Shuby Pathic, Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Damn, that list is getting long. I'm going to make a song out of that list. <laughs> Thank you so very, very much, dear executive producers. Without you, this show literally is not possible. You know, it's weird. We keep getting more Patreon subscribers, and yet our downloads last week fucking just tanked yeah so uh, i think it's just a thing that happens sometimes sure 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 but i had a point and i thought it was funny and now i've lost it oh sorry sorry no i lost it before you said anything for a change it's not your fault (laughs) (laughs) hey i still got two and a half hours left of adderall so we're good hey (laughs) swear to god if this is a two and a half hour episode i will murder somebody No, but I think the point is that we're getting more uh, more devoted followers and we're weeding out the casuals. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them if they can't take a poop joke. <laughs> Stick that shit in the freezer, wrap it in saran wrap, and 
stick it back up your butt like a dildo, cause it's they so they can take a poop joke that way. Yeah? Take a poop joke, get it? Take it? Like a <laughs> <laughs> You're taking this somewhere that I don't know that I'm comfortable with. <laughs> it's not the sexy place anymore? This is somewhere far more questionable. Excellent. That's because I'm actually in the mood to record this week. Let's see how far I can take this. Poop oh, God, us. help us all. All right. <sighs> I don't think I have enough booze for this. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> There's a pint of Jameson and still four more beers. That is my pint of Jameson. Yeah. And we will open that when I say so. There's more where that came from. <laughs> the liquor store. Yes. You can carry this by yourself while I run to the liquor store, right? <laughs> I don't think I can. <laughs> I want to hear that. Oh, I don't think I'm funny enough. Anyway. No. Uh, no. Don't. No. You're, you're, you're very entertaining right <laughs> <laughs> anyway i think it's time for a parental synopsis damn you've summoned the beast joshua <laughs> what are you doing joshua well i'm busy trying to save your life completely counterintuitively oh don't worry about me joshua i'm immortal <laughs> worry about your little brother gordon instead <laughs> Yeah, that's right, dipshit. Worry about me. I'm mom's favorite. Meh. Well, okay. But you better not be evil and trying to murder mom with tea. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why would I do that? You're not my real brother. Yeah, I know. Your real brother's a dick. Hey, maybe you are my real brother. <laughs> what the shit is going on with you two, Joshua? I thought I told you no more psychologically scarring little Gordon. Jerry! Whatever. All right, hurry up and bond with your brother or something. I'm taking valuable time out of my day that I'll never get back. Wait, I thought you were immortal. That's right, and I'm going to micromanage you into an early grave. So, Gordon, about that tea. I'm on it! <laughs> so now that we've casually joked about matricide, let's talk about Buffy's dying mom. Boy, she sure is being bullheaded in this episode about taking care of herself and getting the diagnosis and care that she needs. So Buffy runs to the hospital to get Joyce's meds for her and does her best to keep Dawn from pestering her too much. Meanwhile, some monks are captured, tortured, and murdered by what they call the Beast, a lady in a red dress looking for the key. Back in Buffyland, Buffy gets the Scoobies to help her research a glowing orb she found outside a factory, while Buffy pursues her theory that an evil spell has been cast on her mother, causing her to fall ill. Anya, Giles, and Willow collectively recommend a spell to see spells, so Buffy casts it and sees nothing harming her mother. But she does see that Dunn has been superimposed into their lives. Buffy goes back to the factory and finds the last remaining monk and rescues him from the beast, but he dies just after telling Buffy that she has to protect the key, an ancient ball of energy which they turned into an innocent human and superimposed memories of Dawn into Buffy's life, of which even Dawn is unaware. Buffy apologizes to Dawn for being ignorant. The end. <laughs> ignorant. <laughs> Buffy is so ignorant. It's a Michael Jackson reference. Everybody, you're being ignorant. 
Don't be ignorant. Well, that, isn't that a South Park It's reference? more of a South Park reference, yeah. technically, but what are you going to do? Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. Competition is a beautiful thing. Boots here. Cold open. Yay, cold open. <laughs> we open on a monastery. Who the fuck knows where the monastery is? I I honestly wasn't sure where the monastery is. Like I I tried figuring out what fucking language they were speaking, and I had no right? idea. I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be like. Well, no, I'm fairly certain that the first moment was a flashback to when they were originally creating Dawn. Right. That definitely was that. So that actually happened before the season started. Correct. And that was probably somewhere abroad. Yeah. But, I don't know, did you try to look it up on the wiki or anything? Yeah, I, I tried looking it up. I could not figure out what fucking language they were speaking, and it doesn't say where they were. Interesting. I wonder if it was, like, ancient Sumerian or something. That would have been neat. Not that I'm any sort of fucking linguist, but it didn't sound familiar to me or anything like that. Like, it, like when you hear French, you can usually be like, that really sounds like French. Sure. You know, that's funny. I noticed recently that Russian sounds the same to me as Polish. Which I was not expecting. So it could have been either one of those because that's what it sounded like to me. But again, also not a linguist. I, I could Polish recognize... and Russian have similar roots. Hmm? Oh, well, see, I guess that's why. It's kind of like the difference between Spanish and Portuguese. Portuguese, yeah, because yeah. those sound very similar and yeah. are very similar in a lot of ways. Very, very much so. Anyway, so we have uh, some monks running down some dark halls. This was two months ago, it says. Fucking say when it is, but not where it is, for fuck's sake. For all we know, it's in Sunnydale. and Yeah, that's annoying. But yeah, they, they run in and they start performing a ritual. I don't know about you, but did the one blonde monk look like uh, Stuart from Mad TV? <laughs> look what I can do. Look what I can do. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't get that good of a look. But... He, he had that blonde bowl cut. That's headcanon from here on out. And they're... When they're, like, doing the chanting and the, the glowing happens and everything, they, like, have this, like, kind of O-face thing going on. <laughs> they, like, all three of them do. So they were and, all orgasming yeah. as they were creating the key. Well, how else would you create How else life? do you create life? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they weren't creating, they were transforming, but nevertheless. No, they were creating life because the key was energy. And they sure. created life. Okay. Turned it into life. Questions about that when we get to the end. The yes. I, but yes, yes, yes. Things, you know. But then there is something busting down a door. There's something busting down the door. Some <laughs> thing. Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to leave the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> but we're in an abandoned warehouse. Sir, did you know that you're not James Tiberius Kirk? <laughs> no, I didn't <laughs> just put an image in my head of like mid-flight some dude like freaking out a tenant like comes along and it's like sir we're gonna have to ask you to leave and like walks him over to the door opens it just shoves him out the <laughs> fucking airplane no i like to think that the uh, the flight attendants radioed each other we've got a shatner <laughs> code shatner code shatner code. this is not a drill code shatner i'm on it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Buffy. Yeah. Um, anyway, something busts down the door, 
And cut away. And now we're at a factory. Buffy's fighting some average butt rock punk looking vampire with delusions of killing the Slayer. You know, like they all are yep. for the most part. Buffy takes him down with quippy glee. <laughs> quippy glee. <laughs> and I've always wanted piano lessons. So really, who's surprised we all have this unexpressed rage? Yeah, it, it was good. I didn't feel like it was quite like a quote of the day good. Oh, no. None of it was particularly engaging. I was but, like, standard quips, all right. But it was like, but we're we're still talking standard Buffy quips. So, like, it's, you know, it's definitely, like, top-tier quippy. We've gotten spoiled. If yeah, we had oh, yeah, been yeah, watching yeah, yeah. anything else and then came back to this, we'd be like, oh, I missed that. Yeah, definitely. But so, uh, We're just being snobs at this point. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we have a podcast. That's our job. <laughs> hey, as long as we're not being gatekeepers. No, exactly. We can be snobs all important. fucking day. You're welcome. <laughs> so, Give us money for that. We're going to make a snob tier on the Patreon. <laughs> we need a, a doodle-doo tier and a snob tier. I've been kind of wanting like some sort of tier stuff, but I can't come up with anything particularly there we, good. There we go. Um, keep the lights on. Buy us a beer. That's $1 and $5. Doodle Doo will be 10, Snob will be 15 or 20. I'd like 20. I don't think anybody would actually do that. So, yeah, kills the vampire, and just as she kills the vampire, a security guard comes up. And let me tell you, he must have been the most non-observant security guard ever. (laughs) Because the amount of time that it took for him to walk up and shine a flashlight at her, he saw that dude get staked. Either that or he's the coolest security guard ever. Well... He also, like, because he walks up and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, miss. The, you know, we had to chase out the kids. There's no rave here tonight. But, you know, <laughs> if if it just weren't for the fact that this is my job, I'd let I'd let you just rave all you wanted. I think that's code for go around back. Right. That's where my rave is. <laughs> <laughs> rave in the rear. Rear rave. So, hey, you want to rave? We can <laughs> cut a deal. I got a rave for you right here. <laughs> Little messy. I liked that Buffy's response was like, oh, darn. And it was my turn to bring the bunt cake. (laughs) The bunt cake. Who brings bunt cake to a rave? I mean, Buffy does. I don't know. I've never been to a rave. Nor have I. How good is the bunt cake at raves, guys? (laughs) Are they raving about it? Uh, um, it's probably filled with ecstasy. I'll show myself out. So it's probably pretty damn good. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, miss, don't forget your glowy, ominous orb thing. Yeah. Oh, you crazy rave kids. I just don't get your generation. You know, <laughs> I feel that old guy who's even 20 years older now. But yeah, the more things change, the more they stay the same. What can I say? I'm kind of curious how they made this glow ball like as a prop. Because white LED lights weren't that portable at this at this date. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't like the 50s. They didn't need a fucking Tesla generator right, in there. Right, but like, it's hard for me to imagine a light that was bright enough to make it glow like that that wasn't fairly warm. I mean, the prop really looked like a fucking toy to me anyway. I'm sure they yeah. probably stuck four double A's in there and, and a bulb in a cat toy, put some brown glaze around it and called it a fucking day yeah probably couldn't be on very long probably like catch fire in an actor's hand yeah, it didn't need to <laughs> that'd be very unfortunate here's the prop catches fire well someone call the insurance company <laughs> quick do the paperwork so nobody can sue us 
That's all the paperwork's for. Maybe put her out while we're at it. Paperwork's <laughs> not for your safety or for no. your well-being. It's so they can't get sued. Exactly. That's all. Opening credits. Buffy, opening credits. Back to Buffy <laughs> and slash Joyce's kitchen where Buffy makes Joyce... <laughs> Buffy gets Joyce a coffee. <laughs> she does. <laughs> and a super nice breakfast. Dawn immediately swoops <sighs> in to take the credit and knocks over the flowers. This is some really bullshit sim- sibling behavior. Seriously. Like, it comes in, it's like, oh, what's this? Nearly ruins the breakfast by dumping over a, a vase of flowers and water on the fucking food. Yeah, it looked like it could have easily gotten onto the food, which, yeah, nobody wants... Flower water food. Yeah, That's, especially that, if you like put the little packet of flour food in the water. Like, imagine that on your eggs. Ugh. 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 But apparently it didn't. So Dawn's just clumsy and yeah. Buffy's kind of bitchy about it. But then Dawn, when Joyce comes in, it's like, we made you breakfast. And it's like, there's there's no we. You, well, you no, because Joyce is like, oh, you made me breakfast. And Dawn is like, Buffy helped. <laughs> I didn't help. Oh, I'm sure you did, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and I really appreciated Joyce's reaction to that. Yeah. I, <laughs> given her credit where she didn't think credit was even due. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Buffy, use your words. Right. You're Be a little bit more assertive. You're you're better than that. You're a big girl. <laughs> Don't get usurped by your 15-year-old sister like that. And then immediately, Joyce... Uh, so neither of you is pregnant, failing, or under indictment, right? <laughs> Anybody? Just checking? I like her standards. Right? That is a nice set of standards. <laughs> it pleases me because it just means that getting treats from her daughters is just that rare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't even put two and two together there. I just figured that was a standard morning inquiry. Right? <laughs> Uh, and then they start talking about uh, Joyce's medical issues and that she needs to take it easy. Buffy's asking if the doctors had told her anything about what was going on. And she's like, no, no one knows anything. Well, I think we need a second opinion. And Joyce's response is, we need a first opinion first, honey. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's hard enough to get a fucking opinion at all out yeah. of a doctor. They all give you such fucking word soup or just nothing at all. I'm going to say uh, kudos to this episode for properly per- properly portraying the American medical system. Yeah. As the pile of shit that it is and was 20 years ago. Yep. It hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> Actually, yes, it has. It's probably gotten worse. Right? <laughs> so I this guy wants effective weapons. I've got it covered from A to Z. From axe to Z other axe. I'm fairly certain I said no interruptions. Joyce is super babying Dawn, and it's kind of sickeningly adorable, uh, much to Buffy's gag reflex and jealousy. Yep. Finally, Joyce is like, isn't it Giles' big day? What the fuck are you doing here? Get the fuck out of here. Go support (laughs) Giles. She's like, bring me back a broomstick or something. I don't know. (laughs) Fucking tourist. (laughs) Even... Dawn's like, those don't ever work. She's like, whatever. (laughs) Whatever, Joshua. I don't actually care. (laughs) I'm just patronizing you. I know. 
<laughs> we all know. We all know. <laughs> Buffy's like, okay, I'm going to go. And then Dawn's like, yeah, and we'll hang out and have a good time, and it will be such a great day. And then she, <laughs> she just grabs Dawn and drags her out. It's like, oh, you're coming with me. I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on the fucking broomstick. <laughs> she, she might as well have been like... Oh, yes, turn me into a newt, and then turn me back again. Burn me at the stake, then hog tie me, and see if I float or sink. I want the full witch experience. <laughs> <laughs> that is so condescending. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah, and then, as you are saying, Dawn attempts to firmly crawl directly up Joyce's ass and build a pillow fort there while Joyce delivers Rice Krispie treats and Tang. Um, Buffy kiboshes that shit to hell and drags her out the door. You know, Buffy really just needs to fucking have a conversation with Don about their mom along the lines of like, hey, you know, she's not doing well. Wait, try talking to her like yeah, a person? Exactly. That's weird. How about you help out some? You can be home to help take care of her a little to make sure she rests. Yeah, instead of saying all these things to Willow. Yeah. And not to Don. Like, Don's not dumb. I've got comments about that later as well. Yeah. Essentially, I might as well just say it now. And I wanted to give a shout out to Geraint, one of our longtime listeners now. Um, yep, yep. He pointed out to us between uh, since our last episode dropped that if Dawn seems extra childish like a 10-year-old, it's because that's literally how they wrote her. Yeah, she and was... then they cast her older than they were planning to. Yeah. And didn't bother to fucking rewrite the character to fit the older age. So that would completely explain why she comes off borderline autistic or Asperger's on her complete lack of social awareness and why they don't even bother trying to talk to her like a reasonable human being. Yeah. They just write her off as a completely unaware, stupid idiot. Like she literally calls her an idiot a couple episodes ago. Yeah. There's definitely a bit more of an issue with... Not yet finding who the fuck the character is. Yeah, like, the, a lot, a lot There's of what that. they've, a lot of what they've accomplished thus far was planned beforehand before they fucking cast anything. What they obviously had pre-planned for the character does not fit the acting that Michelle Trachtenberg can do, and they cast her because she has talent and she's doing it decent job i think she's doing a fantastic job with what she's been given yeah but she hasn't been given the highest quality writing yet it's not tailored to her it's not even really tailored well to the age that she's been cast as well and i mean let's be honest hollywood has pretty much never been able to write children how many good movies do you have that have children you know, honestly, the first show I've ever liked that had any child actors, let alone multiple child actors, was Stranger Things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the first time I've ever been able to get over and actually enjoy the performances from children because they were actually written like children. Yep. And not like these weird, overly mature people that are being played by children. Yep. Exactly. And we have... Kind of the opposite problem going on here with Dawn. Yeah. Still relevant, though. So, anyway, unless you had more to say about that. No. Uh, no. Dawn and Buffy fuck off over to the, the magic, magic box. box. And I 
fucking love this moment. Oh my god, Giles. What in the actual fuck are you thinking? <laughs> Buffy walks in to an empty, dead, silent magic shop. Steps up to the, the little stairs going down. And Giles is standing in the middle of the shop in fucking robes and a big pointy hat. And just standing there with the dorkiest fucking grin on his face. Yeah, you've all seen the meme. It's so amazing. That picture is one of the most infamous Giles pictures floating around the internet. It It's one of those moments where if this was a cartoon, it would have looked at Giles, he'd have made an audible blink, and then it would have <laughs> looked back at Buffy, <laughs> and, he, and she'd have made an audible blink. And back to Giles, and then he just sheepishly takes his hat off. <laughs> That's exactly no, what they were going for, and would, it fucking worked. There would have been a slide flute, boo, as his hat and cloak <laughs> just fall off of him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. They nailed it perfectly. It was fantastic. It was amazing. I love that they keep doing this with Giles, though. The man loves a silly costume occasionally. Right. Remember the fucking sombrero? Of yes. course you remember the fucking sombrero. Yes. So I don't remember if we get to see any more than those two, but fucking love Giles. Giles Here, is amazing. Here's the thing about this. This this is just my headcanon partly, but also a little bit of analysis of the way the character is written. Mm -hmm. He damn well knows what he is doing. Giles knows what cool is. He does. Like he knows what cool is. He's the fucking ripper. He knows that he's being dorky. Mm -hmm. He fucking knows exactly how ridiculous the costume looks. Yeah. That man can play guitar and own a room yeah. singing songs from the 70s. Exactly. He so is like, cool. So, like, this... He's got his fucking ear pierced. This is just him wanting to be dorky. And it fucking works. Well, it just works. I think it's him thinking that it might help boost sales and a little bit under the influence of Willow's dorkiness. Right. Because her and Riley pop in in a minute, but we'll get there. So first... My point, though, is like, this is the difference between Giles and Wesley. Giles is on occasion super dorky on purpose. Yeah. G Giles is smarter and has more self-awareness. Who knew? Yeah. Wesley, he doesn't know anything about how to be cool. Anytime he's cool, it's inadvertent and on accident. Right. The dorky we see with, with Wesley is It's, it's when him. he's trying too hard to be cool. Yes. Is him being dorky. With Giles, it's way more controlled. Completely. And that's why Giles is so much more awesome in general. Yes. Next part of the scene. Dawn enters the magic box out of breath. And she's like, I told you you couldn't ditch me. And I'm like, wait, wait a second. Things seem to have flipped a bit here because the first time they came here a few episodes ago, Buffy was ordering Don not to run off. Yeah, that we got some inconsistencies and had here. to play the little lawyer brat game. Uh, she's like, wait here specifically, so that she didn't run off, and now she can't get rid of her. Seems like Don would really be like, oh no, don't leave me. Oh well, I guess Buffy left me. I better go do whatever the hell I want all damn day and tell mom about it later. Yeah. In inconsistency. It was very inconsistent. Yeah. Anyway, 
Business is slow. They opened at 9 a.m. No customers yet. Pointedly, we see the clock over Giles' shoulder. It is 10.10 in the morning. Yep. Hour and a half, no customers. I mean, that's fucking normal for any shop. Yeah. I really like the the bit of background detail with the clock. It's like you're not selling coffee or breakfast. People aren't getting up at 8 a.m. to run to the magic shop. Like, (laughs) maybe you need to kind of wait for the witching hour. (laughs) Yeah. That's the kind of place I would open at, like, 3 in the afternoon. Right. At the earliest. Right. Anyway, whatever. They've also got campus traffic, I think, is kind of where he was coming from. But, you know, at 9 a.m., they're in class. Right. (laughs) Whatever. So, uh, Giles is remaining optimistic it's Sunnydale, after all. Yes. He notes that Buffy seems a, a tad off. Buffy confirms his suspicions, citing that her mom's still sick and the doctors are fucking useless. Giles is like, well, she's getting medical treatment, right? <laughs> right. She says, yeah, we have a highly trained medical staff working round the clock to tell us diddly. Good one. Welcome to American Healthcare. America! Fuck You're gonna yeah. die! <laughs> hmm? America, you're going to die. Fuck yeah. From an easily preventable situation. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Hey, that actually happened to a friend of mine. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, so we're not not kidding or fucking around here. America's healthcare fucking sucks. That's our soapbox. Yep. And it's true and real, and I know we're just preaching to the choir. Oh, yeah. Well, not necessarily. There's We have foreign listeners. Don't come to America for your healthcare. You know, I, unless, do unless you're rich, in which well, case, come to America for your health care because... No, don't do that because it's also more expensive yeah, here. Right. But we do have some of the best health care in the world for rich people. Oh, yeah, I suppose. In which case, don't come here. Stop supporting that. If yes. you're rich, be moralistic or something. Is that a thing? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Fuck rich people. Unless we become <laughs> rich. In which case, I'm still going to go somewhere else for my fucking health care. Yes. <laughs> Frankly, it's ludicrous to have these interlocking bodies and not interlock. Putrefying diseases. It'll make you blind and insane, but it won't kill you. Light a bunch of candles and have sex near them. So far, I like it. Please remove your clothing now. So Willow and Riley bust in and... Willow's like, Giles, where's your hat and cloak? (laughs) First of all, why the fuck were Willow and Riley traveling together? Scandal! They're friends. (laughs) You know, because that word starts with the letter F. I thought you were going to say, they're fucking. (laughs) Scandal! They're not fucking, she's a lesbian. Yeah, well, I think she's demi or bi. She had too strong of a connection with Oz. Yeah. Uh, and they, the world just wasn't ready for those terms yet. So they were I like, lesbian. You're not wrong. We'll put her in the nice, neat little lesbian box. Irregardless. Fuck you. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Buffy shows him the orb. Well, I just think it's funny that, of course, the fucking hat and cloak was Willow's idea. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> and Riley's like, the hype was way out of control or something. Clearly. Anyway, Buffy's like, hey, it's I got some Scooby business here and pulls out the orb that she got last night. Oh, into a, another quote of the day here. Oh, mine as well. Um, it appears to be a paranormal in origin. Willow says, how can you tell? Well, it's so shiny. <laughs> 
Totally insightful there, buddy. <laughs> totally insightful. I loved it. Hey, sometimes you got to just call him how's he sees him. <laughs> yeah. Go Giles. So Riley wants to use it as an excuse to maybe find more, so he's going to go patrolling with her tonight. And then Dawn proceeds to put her foot into her mouth to the knee. By saying true things. Arg. Because apparently Buffy said she didn't want to have to look after anyone. Buffy tries to play it off as she didn't mean Riley. Then Dawn pulls an- another direct quote, completely missing the social dynamic nuance of implied confidentiality, where she says, oh, she just said, you look even cuter when you're all weak and kidney and she'd better go solo or you'd get hurt. So welcome to the club. She never let me go either. Crickets. Crickets. What? What? Up until the moment where she's like, what? What? Like, she's genuinely like, what did I say? Absolutely baffled. And this was exactly the part where I was like. She might be on the spectrum. She might be on the spectrum. Exactly. Um, That's a huge sign of autism or Asperger's or bad writing. By the way, Asperger's is actually an outdated term and it's just on the spectrum. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably because too many people aren't hearing the word properly in it. Right. You know, South Park made fun of it. Yeah. And well, it's <laughs> it's also because um we're finding more that there's no clear-cut lines with where you are when you're on the spectrum of severity. Fair enough. So, okay. Yeah. The more you know. Yep. There's a there's a spectrum lesson for you everybody. That's important. Yes. I just learned something new. And uh, uh, after the after uh, Dawn's complete social flub, uh, Riley... Making, making it totally understandable um, that she misunderstands why Buffy's so pissed at her. Yeah. Honestly, I liked this bit that they added that in. That, like, she, she didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. Like... Yeah, there was nothing malicious behind exactly. it. Exactly. She wasn't like, well, Buffy said, and then runs away like, hee hee hee, I fucked up your day. She just didn't know. And there, there's a lot of moments where, like previous to this, where Dawn has done these sorts of things, and Buffy responds like Dawn is being malicious. Yeah. And this completely changes that entire fucking vibe. And it's just like, no, she's a socially inept 15-year-old girl. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I can fucking relate to that, goddammit. It was written as a 10-year-old. But, you know, plenty of us were still as inept as a 10-year-old at the age of 15 and later. So I enjoyed the little uh, <laughs> reference here as Riley looks to, to Giles. He says, hey, Giles, you got the danger room set up out back? I kind of want to blow off some steam. And that is a reference uh, to X-Men. The danger room is where they did all their training. Oh, okay. it, was this, it was this big like combat simulator thing. Neat. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's good reference. But yeah, he's like, yeah, I gotta go pick up my poor bruised ego off yeah. the floor. Go bat it around a bit. People need to stop having bruised egos when it comes to Buffy. She has fucking superpowers, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and you don't what? get over it. I can't keep up with a a spiritually super-powered magical woman. (laughs) What's wrong with me? I'm so inept because 
she's a woman and I'm not or something. I don't know. I'm so inept because she was chosen by destiny to be the one and only slayer in her generation. Boo-hoo. That's how toxic my masculinity is, everyone. <laughs> da, 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 da. Hey! And... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Cold and ashamed of his scrawny weaklingness, Riley slinks off to the training room. Willow's like, oh, go easy on her. And Buffy's like, why? Why should I go easy on someone that I'm so damned jealous of? I want to be a little pumpkin belly. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, nobody's happy with anything. I loved this response from Willow, though, how she's like, hey, go easy on on Dawn because like she's a spaz and I happen to know because of mutual spasdom (laughs) I happen to have prior experience with spazziness it was this moment when Willow said that I'm like that's definitely something Willow would have fucking said back in the first season absolutely when she was approximately well a little older than 15 15 is like freshman or sophomore year yeah and they well, were, they, I think they, they, they started out juniors, didn't they? No, they started off sophomores. sophomores. You're right, you're right, yeah. you're right, yeah. So no, about the right age. Yeah, so huh. like, I'll be damned. It fits. It does. Yeah, and Buffy is like, oh, I wish I was an only child. Yeah. Hey, Buffy, guess what? <laughs> Careful what you wish for. <laughs> uh, harsh, though. And so yeah. they leave because Don keeps breaking stuff. She's such a klutz. She is a klutz. And, you know, I can see being annoyed by that. But I can't see being legitimately pissy and shitty about it like right. she is. Like, it's obvious that Dawn is a klutz. It is not that Dawn is purposely fucking breaking shit. Yeah, she's not being a malicious brat and stop treating her like she is. It's killing me. Killing me. Yeah, it's killing me, Smalls. <laughs> Back at the house, Dawn and Buffy freak out the second they walk through the door Because Joyce is literally just laying there on the couch like Buffy told her to. Right. May or may not be watching Oprah. (laughs) Not sure. Oh, I didn't even think to hear what was on the TV. I I don't think there were any TV sound effects. There was. But she was holding her head, and I guess that was really, between that and her facial expression, our only clue in that she was apparently feeling really bad. Well, she kind of moaned when they first walked in, and that's what cued them that that she was in there. Yeah. Buffy immediately wants to take Joyce to the fucking hospital because, like, sure, that's exactly what you should do when they've already done all their goddamn tests and they don't have an answer yet. We should go back to the hospital to do the same fucking test. Right, but see, I think the reason Buffy's flipping out is because they told her to get more tests and she's putting it off. Because they gave her this prescription and they said, we'll do more tests later, and Buffy's like, no, tests now. Yeah. Now, I will say, what the fuck, Joyce... They gave you the fucking prescription, apparently like a week ago in last episode. Yeah. You haven't filled the fucking prescription yet? Seriously, that was... that was Oh my, my god. That was my closing point on this scene. Why the fuck haven't they done this already? But, because she swears all she needs is her pills. So Buffy's like, what, the hospital pharmacy? I'll be back in 10 minutes. And I'm like, gosh, I didn't realize the hospital was located on their front fucking lawn. Right. 10 minutes. Where the fuck is the hospital? 10 minutes to get there or 10 minutes to get it and be back? 
Specify use your words, Buffy. Well, you know, when I lived in when I lived in Marshall, I literally lived a block down the road from the hospital. Maybe the hospital's that close. You could spend ten minutes just waiting in line, or even if there's no line, ten minutes just waiting for them to fill it. Yeah, well, right. Ten minutes for what, Buffy? Yeah, and this isn't modern day where the fucking doctor wires the goddamn script to the pharmacy. Yeah. No, she had the fucking paper. She had to go to him and be like, here. Here's this. I'll wait here while you fill that Yeah, at your slowest convenience. Yeah, they have to go print off a credit card, use it to separate the pills, (laughs) hire some foreign labor. (laughs) I like the idea that they have to use a freshly printed credit card every time. Oh, yeah. It's the only sanitary way to do it. (laughs) You know, snort a little to test it, wait a couple hours for the trip to die down so they know that it's safe i'm not in your room i'm in the hallway the hallway doesn't belong to you mom i can stand in the hallway right my friend sharon's older brother knows a girl who died because she choked on her boyfriend's tongue anyway we cut to the (laughs) hospital where buffy picks up the pills apparently like Within a minute later, she it must be a minute later because, you know, she's only gone 10 minutes and there's like 10 minutes of this next fucking scene. Mm-hmm. I, the only reason I can think of at this point that they had written it so that uh, Joyce hadn't gotten her prescription yet is either it's a refill or they just needed an, an excuse to get Buffy to the hospital for this to happen. I definitely see that as probably the case. They're like, well, how the fuck do we get her to the hospital? But yeah, that we go to the hospital. Uh, Buffy runs into Ben, the man nurse. You know, because he's a man. Yeah, he's a and, nurse, and that and, was something notable. Yeah, for the then, year two thousand ish. And then uh, turns out there's a security guard who's crazy man now. Yeah, he's having a bit a spot of trouble with the patient, and it's the security guard. Maybe, just maybe, that security guard confiscated all the ravers' drugs. <laughs> that's why there was no rave he took all their drugs <laughs> and then consumed them yes so buffy holds him down effortlessly <laughs> surprising ben the intern who uh says promptly not to be ragingly sexist in, in a workplace in, yeah as he proceeds to be ragingly sexist in the workplace but you've got great muscles for a woman which, I mean, I... I mean, she does. I don't find that particularly offensive. But, it's really only sexist if she also works there. Right. And, like, he's also, like, sexist in the workplace. Uh, she's not an employee. Right? That's just you hitting on her, I think. Yeah. He's definitely hitting and on her. And you being into burly women, which there's nothing wrong with that. No. Mm. Definitely nothing oh. wrong with that. Insert heavy breathing here. <sighs> not panting. Oh. Well, just... what's the difference? You split heavy hairs. breathing, you don't have your tongue hanging out of your mouth? <laughs> now you're just snorting. So, I'm <laughs> don't get me started, dude. At <laughs> least six or seven times an episode, I have to silence your mic just because you took a deep breath. <gasps> well, no, it sounds more like... <laughs> literally sounds like snorting to be fair i have fucking bronchial issues so man nurse over here (laughs) no crazy crazy security guy uh with man nurse ben 
And it feels like the fucking Dark Ages over here. Right. Um, Security guy is ranting and raving and uh, hints to Buffy that they come through your family. They get to you through your family. They're like the mob. <laughs> yeah, don't mind this guy. He's totally fucking crazy. She's like, no, he's not. I just saw him yesterday. He was perfectly sane. Yeah, sure. Whatever, lady. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, by the way, how's your mom? <laughs> Don't mind the raving lunatic over here. Um, I guess she's still not feeling better because you're here to get meds for her, which, you know, you'd think he wouldn't look so surprised about considering he's a doctor and he should know exactly how fucking useless they are. <laughs> he's not a doctor yet. <laughs> he's just an intern. I l he's still got those... Hopeful puppy dog eyes. I'm a little bit confused as to what's going on with Ben, the man nurse, because like he's like, oh, I'm an intern, but I'm also a man nurse, but I'm also going to be a doctor. Oh, right. Like, they you're call wearing him, too many hats. They call him the man nurse, but he's a doctor's intern. Why would they call him the man nurse? Right. You're not a nurse. So much for accurately portraying the fucking health industry. Yeah, it's very confusing. So it's only accurate insofar as how much it sucks. <laughs> and is confusing. Even their interns have no idea. <laughs> no idea what's going what on. What the fuck is going on? So Buffy says confidently that her mom is going to get better because she's starting to figure out what's wrong based on this lunatic that she just witnessed for yes. 30 seconds. She's got a theory. Crazy people equals fake sister? That's a hell of a leap. She's not at the fake sister yet. I think she's pretty close. No. She's pretty fed up with Dawn. She's willing she's to come up with fed anything. Fed up with Dawn, but she doesn't she doesn't think anything about Dawn yet. Right. Crazy people equals sick mom. Because of what the security guard says, when she She'll end up heading back to the, the magic box to clarify this further. But basically, it seems that she believes that some sort of demon is casting a spell on her mom. Because the security guard specifically mentioned something along the lines of, they come at you through your family. Yeah, that was the key line. And, you know, she's seen enough paranormal shit that she's willing to go out on a limb for that. Yeah. Because he was perfectly sane yesterday. She knows that. Yep. So what the fuck is going on? And she's got this orb. So, yeah, she's got a nice little... It's it's not a completely illogical leap. She doesn't have a solid theory, but she's got enough ingredients and she just needs to put the puzzle together. Yep. Back to the warehouse where the security guard was. Mm -hmm. We see one of the monks from the ritual, not Stuart. Look what I can do. He's with a map. He's looking for something. And damn, Glory just likes kicking in doors. She really does. I bet you're jealous. Very. <laughs> I want to kick in a door. I know you do. All you have to do is become a crazy demon that looks like a woman in a red dress. I think she's more of a god. A god-ish being creature, sure. Anyway, he's frantically drawing on a map or something next to a lit candle. Door starts banging the fuck in. And damn, it looks like somebody added some sugar to the tea kettle today just before they ripped open that cheap-ass flavoring packet and ruined a perfectly good pot of simple syrup because the Kool-Aid <laughs> man is looking hot today. Oh, yeah. She's wearing red, too. God and damn. I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she is prepared to be the Kool-Aid man. The Kool-Aid man slimmed the fuck down yeah. and decided on a gender change. Yeah. Hot damn. <laughs> we don't actually learn that her name is Glory. No. Or, sorry, Glorificus. She's just the beast for yep. now. For now. Cut back to the magic box. Yep. Where uh, a customer 
Oh my god, a customer! And look, Giles is just so giddy. He is as giddy as capitalism, as giddy as a schoolboy. <laughs> and Anya's embittered by being broke. Welcome to capitalism. Yes. Hey, in one scene, we got both ends of capitalism. <laughs> right. Exactly. She busts in. She's like, "Your magic dust here is extremely overpriced." He's like, "Anya, you're not allowed to say negative things about my business. I'll fire you. You don't." Employ me yet. I don't know. Yet. Yet. <laughs> I will hire you simply so that I can fire you and then hire you again because I'm too old to do this. And uh, so Buffy has a theory based on the ramblings of Madman. Yes. That uh, whatever he touched, the orb clearly made him see through what they're all seeing. I loved that she's like, he, the guy who had the orb went crazy and they all like step back and she's like, it's not going to make you crazy. Oh, it's fine. I've had it all night. It was just him. It's an isolated incident, I promise. <laughs> but her theory is that somebody cast a spell on her mother that is hurting her, you know, pretty much based on what the security guard said. And she just wants to find out who cast this spell and how, and then she's going to fuck them up. She's going to find them, and she's going to kill them, because she has a certain set of skills mm -hmm. that she has perfected over a long career. And then she's going to open up. <laughs> like Angel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, do to do, cut back to the factory. Yes, where uh, Glory is doing some interrogation of a monk. <laughs> it's not going well. Not going well for the monk. Well, it's not really going well for anyone, really. No, it's really not. Not like, going well for the beasts. Not going well for the monk. Not going well for the maintenance guy tied up back in the corner. He was a security guard. Oh, was he? Yep, I saw security on his shirt. Okay. So he's a co-worker of the other crazy guy. Yeah, why would they need to maintenance that place? It's abandoned. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, Glory's trying to find... She's like, where is the key? Well... Hey, Rex, sorry you're so fed up with the whole vapid airhead trope, because guess what? What? They made one a big bad. She's not the same thing as Harmony, though. Yeah, she's one that's actually dangerous. So as she's interrogating the monk, she apparently goes crazy in the span of the scene. Right? Like, I don't think she went crazy. I think she was plenty crazy coming into this. I mean, yeah. But, like, her crazy amps as you go, like, every second, it adds a little bit more crazy to the bag. A little and bit. That's a that's a big, hefty bag of crazy right there. I, I really think she's just hangry, honestly. <laughs> and also, just, if you compare her to Harmony, I really think this is very close to what Harmony would be like if Harmony were just stronger. And a little bit smarter. Not much. Hmm... A little bit more than a little bit smarter. Okay. Well, like <laughs> we can debate that out throughout the season. But, yeah. you know, you're right. Glory gets fucking crazy. And she's like, oh, I'm so tired of being mortal. You all are so selfish. Why are you torturing me like this? As she's got two people fucking tied up that she's literally torturing. You don't know what it's like to be me. Speak American. I will tell you nothing. I'm confused. Did they miscast? They must have miscast because they're definitely writing a white man. <laughs> well, she's white. She's white, but they're definitely writing a white male who's like, oh, how dare you do selfish things and hurt me? Right? I'm so important. <laughs> Speak American, damn it. Yeah. 
They wrote a white man. <laughs> Specifically, they wrote a fucking Republican white man. Oh, you're not wrong. <laughs> so, uh, security guard's yeah. like, no, don't kill me. I have a wife and two daughters. Yeah, that's what they all say. Murder, murder, murder. I don't think she actually kills him. He no. wasn't dead at the end of the scene. I suspect that this is why the other security guard is crazy. My hypothesis oh, is that right, you're right, you're right, you're right. her being in this reality slowly drives her insane and she can bleed off the crazy by stabbing her fingers into the heads of mortals. She, she grabs the guy's head, we see some ethereal light, and he screams and she's like, oh, oh, face. It's all supernatural and stuff. How do we know? Because it's so shiny. Yeah, it's quite shiny. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, fine. She's a lot less crazy all of a sudden. I feel so much better now. But yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That's a good theory. I like that. I like it. There's a great deal of myth about Dracula. Imagine the trick to defeating him lies in separating the fact from the fiction. What kind of an unholy creature fancies his cheap, tasteless statuary? Cut over to the magic box. Yes, where uh, all of a sudden, apparently it's Black Friday oh, and <laughs> shit's on sale. Oh, dear God. Capitalism seems to be getting the better of me. <laughs> and Willow sucks at gift wrapping. <laughs> Do you gift wrap? Do we? Do we? Do we? Huh, we do. <laughs> hey, who knew? <laughs> Xander gives Anya a lesson in manners. When Xander comes in, Giles is like, Xander, there's too many of them. People... And they all seem to want things. Sanders says, I hear you. Stay British. You'll be okay. He walks off and Xander goes down and around the counter and he says, the thousand yard stare. Damn, you hate to see that on any man, but especially in retail. <laughs> and you know he knows. You know he knows. Right. He steps over to the counter and Anya finishes up a transaction. And she, she says to the customer, please go. Hey, Anya, the Shopkeepers Union of America called. They wanted me to tell you that please go just got replaced with have a nice day. But I have their money. Who cares what kind of day they have? No one. It's just a long cultural tradition of raging insincerity. Embrace it. Then she yells across the fucking magic <laughs> shop. Hey, you have a nice day. There's my girl. I would be much happier in life if more fucking people were like Anya. <laughs> right. Get out. Like, <laughs> thank you for your money. You may leave now. <laughs> okay. Don't fucking give me the the blind niceties. We'd all stop being so butthurt really quickly if everybody was just actually sincere. Yeah. And didn't say nice things if they didn't mean nice things. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So Willow sucks at rapping. <laughs> and uh she hands the gift to Anya and she's like does this look right sure if you wrapped it with your feet <laughs> it's one of my quotes of the day right there yeah buffy continues to research spells and demons that could be making joyce sick Anya recommends a spell to see spells and she is on top of it like marshmallows on sweet potato pie anya's on like at the top of her goddamn game this episode she really is yeah yeah so Buffy learns quickly about the spell to see spells, and we hear yep. some shit. Uh, we get opinions from Willow and Giles like, oh, yes, that's a good idea. It could yes. show you like a hand strangling Joyce or something. Yeah. That sounds fascinating. You should do that. And cut over to the house where Buffy pours out a shit ton mm -hmm. of stuff for the spell and has Riley over to help her. 
Yeah, trying trying to include him, and you know that's like admirable. But he sees right through it. He's like, you know, you don't have to do this. Just help me feel less kitteny, which, by the way, really manly. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. So she thinks you're cute. Deal with right. it. Right? Like, oh, how dare Boo-hoo. You have a hot girlfriend. <laughs> you're so sad. <laughs> <laughs> very insecure is all that issue that really. man has too many abs to be that insecure seriously though <laughs> and just saying i know right as someone who really will never have abs that's why he has so many abs because <laughs> he's so insecure I, and actually that probably tracks <laughs> so he presumes she's only placating him to help him feel not left out and marginally useful he reassures her that he doesn't need that and is fine and they agree to take care of each other instead of her taking care of him yeah. or some maybe some they, kind of mushy shit like that maybe they should participate in the relationship in equal levels you, you know there's some merit to that i guess <laughs> and so Buffy starts the spell after he leaves and is immediately interrupted by Don being bratty. Yeah. She's like, hey, can I watch? Hey, what are you doing? My boyfriend. Which I thought was hilarious. But yet, you know, Don had to have seen him leave. Right. Yeah. Like, kind of walk right by her room to go downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I and I don't think Buffy cared. No. She was just. God, no. It was very much a shut up and go the fuck away. She's like, well, I can smell the incense. I'm going to tell Mom. All right, whatever. Leave. So yeah. she fucking leaves and she stomps to her room, slams the door. After that, once Buffy is free of distractions, she goes into her trance quite quickly and effectively and suddenly opens her eyes wide. I'm a little bothered that it was. It seemed so easy for her and when... At the magic shop, they're like, this is a very difficult thing. They, they, made a, they, they made a big thing out of that. Yeah, like, they really should have made it harder for her to achieve this. This is a very advanced level spell that you have to be enlightened to achieve or some shit. Yeah. Well, I guess Buffy's pretty fucking enlightened or something. Apparently. So she's slowly walking through the house and everything's all grainy and ethereal looking. It was a pretty good effect that they did with all this, I yeah. thought. Because it was. it's all just... Straight cinematography. It's nothing... I, I don't think it was necessarily a practical effect unless they did it with uh, exposure. It could have been exposure settings. Yeah. Because it kind of looked grainy, like if you're filming at nighttime and you're not getting enough light. Right. But it was also kind of like there was too much light. So it was almost like they inverted only parts of I th- the coloring. I think it was in camera. I, I really do. It's... A theory that we could look into. But anyway, we know regardless that it is a paranormal effect because yes. it's all shiny. Yes. And uh, Buffy sees nothing wrong with Joyce as she tells her, as Joyce comes into the room and tells her she's feeling better and therefore leaving for a little while, having a night on the town. And, uh, but Buffy sees over Joyce's shoulder while she's talking and we see a family photo where Don is fading in and out. And Buffy picks up another photo after Joyce leaves. Yep. To also, see that Dawn is also not in that. Yeah, another one of the three of them where Dawn is fading in and out. So she goes to Dawn's room. Yeah. And the entire room is fading in and out between Dawn's belongings and what appears to be a darkened storage space almost. Yeah, because it was uh, where 
Joyce had stored stuff from the gallery. And which was creepy. I loved it. Yeah. And Dawn comes in and starts yelling at Buffy. She's like, what the hell are you doing in my room? And Dawn herself is fading in and out with the room. Yep. Um, and oh boy, that'd be some reality shattering shit right oh. there. And Buffy reacts accordingly. Yeah. Like she, cause as far as she can tell now, uh, something's up with Dawn. There's obviously magical shit going on here. And you're not my real sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is she is. I mean, she's. But we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So Dawn's all offended. She's like, yeah, well, I didn't want to be related to your stupid face either. Buffy starts grilling her like she's a straight up villain at this point. She's like, you want to hurt me? You fucking deal with me. I'm telling mom, you stay away from my mother. And fucking just heaves her against the wall. Yeah. And then the phone rings. Buffy goes downstairs and answers the phone. And Giles is like... Uh, Buffy, the orb is called Dagon's Sphere. It's a protective device designed to ward off ancient primordial evil, created to repel that which cannot be named. Great Voldemort's in this goddamn show now. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> and Buffy's like, well, I'm going to go back to the factory to get answers. Well, be careful. It's probably dangerous. Uh, how's that trance spell working? And I loved the cinematography here. Yeah. Just as Buffy just takes a step to her right... Or stage left, if you will. Or house left? I don't know. It fucking pans to the left, which is Buffy's right. And Dawn is standing right there behind her and comes into view. Right. And I was like, oh, shit, that's fucking scary. Yeah, they really start playing up on the ominous with Dawn. Even in the previously on, at the beginning of the episode, they gave us that creepy little spot where... Dawn was journaling, and she's like, "Yeah, she still thinks I'm just her little sister. Oh, well, she'll see. And yep. I'm like, ooh, what the fuck's going on there? So I'm still curious what she really meant by that. I really am disappointed in the reality that I knew about Dawn before I watched the show properly. Yeah. And I didn't get to experience this the way it was supposed to be experienced. Yeah. It would have been amazing. Honestly, uh, if we have any listeners who got to experience it that way. Yeah, share that with us. Please, because that that would be awesome. I want to hear what that was like to actually experience. Yeah, Rex needs to live vicariously through you. I, I know we already chatted about this exact thing a couple episodes ago, just you and I on the episode, but... Yeah, if you want to share your experiences of that, definitely give us a call at 269-743-0783. Email us. Talk to us on Facebook. They change groups around. Bastards. um, Or Twitter, whatever. You know, all that stuff. And also, if you can't remember that number, you can go to our new website and there's a damn button for it. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got links to all our social media, store, Patreon, all that. Just go to www.beerwithbuffy.com. It's all right there. Yep. And so there you go. Mid-episode plug. I will always be here for you. And you've got Mr. Giles and your friends. Believe me, there's nothing to be afraid of. So Dawn's right behind her. It's freaky. Buffy, and she's like, what are you talking about, Buffy? Oh, just Slayer stuff. She lied to Giles. She's like, yeah. oh, the, uh, the the spell, it didn't work. Well, she realizes Dawn's listening, and she thinks Dawn's evil. So uh, It was a good call. Yeah. With the knowledge she had, absolutely. 
Don's reply is, do you really think I care that you're the Slayer? Which sounded a little evil. And my favorite part is, yeah, it does sound evil, but it's also exactly what a little sibling would say. No, it was perfect. Yet the writing's not complete shit. It's just not age appropriate. This this episode is where they start to repair some of that. Yeah. Buffy, she leaves. She's going to go check out the warehouse with the where they got the orb. Mm-hmm. And she steps outside and it's Spike being creepy. Spike! Spike, 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 Spike! He's being creepy. Because he was standing behind a tree? He was. I think she smelled him before she saw him. Well, he's fucking sitting there smoking for like who knows how long. She would have smelled him from inside the house, honestly. Dude, since I've quit smoking, I've realized you can smell a cigarette from like half a mile away. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, yep, we get a quote of the day here. She's like, what are you doing? Five words or less. Puts up his hand. Out out for a walk bitch bitch (laughs) spike don't take this the wrong way yeah pops him right in the nose what what's the harm of going out for a little nighttime walkabout it's not like sunnydale has any normal streets i mean the whole city is literally designed to accommodate you how could i ever actually avoid you i'm not obsessed with you quite the contrary buffy (laughs) i do not sit around thinking about you shagging your boyfriend that shouldn't be him it should be somebody else not me of course i'm not into that because you have stupid hair that's right i've had better like harmony i sod it <laughs> you know i actually wrote down what he really said that was just as good <laughs> honestly I, I thought so but <laughs> so- <laughs> And as he leaves, or fucks off rather, Buffy notices he's left a half a pack worth of cigarette butts on the ground. Methinks the boy doth protest too much. I highlighted a a bit in his whole rant thing. He says, I would pass by in the day, but I feel like I'm outgrowing my whole burst into flame phase. Which I thought was just a funny, stupid joke at first. And then I realized, wait, he did kind of have a phase where he was just running around during the day all the time. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I liked it. It's a really good in-joke. It is. Also, did you notice when he references Buffy banging Riley, he points at her bedroom window like he's been watching. Oh, yeah. And also, at that moment is when he starts to kind of, like, lose his wit. Uh Uh-huh. And he starts to peter out because he's starting to get fucking nervous. (laughs) Because he's thinking about her. And also, you're on to me, and I'm... I'm not doing this very well, am I? (laughs) I do want to say, don't do this. This is creepy. Yeah, this is called stalking. Yeah, but obviously Buffy does not have time for this right now. Even if you're as hot as Spike, don't do this. (laughs) Yeah, there is no excuse. No excuse whatsoever. Nope. But as Buffy leaves, we see scary evil Dawn watching out the window. She's evil. (laughs) <laughs> she's gone down the nice little garden path of evil but she'd still help a, a woman with her with too many parcels well as long as it's joyce anyway i mean come on no one's that evil she made a nice little nest right up in her colon Christ. <laughs> <laughs> cut back to the factory yes where buffy does some uh urban exploring just looking God, i love urban exploring looking around real hard like and then we cut back to buffy's house yes joyce comes home early and don's acting awfully squirrely all of a sudden like she's 
I don't know, evil or something. <laughs> oh, no. Would you like some tea? Oh, shit, not the tea. <laughs> this is it. Definitely going to poison her. It's quite obvious. Very obvious. Back They're, at the factory. It, they really tried hard for the red herring in this. They really did. <laughs> and Don's performance really lended to it very well. Yeah. I I was impressed. This is why I really want to know how this how this worked out when you didn't know what was going on. Like, I really want to know. Obviously, we know, oh, Don's not actually evil. Right. Yeah, this is the kind of thing we want to hear about it. 269-743-0783. Did you enjoy it when you didn't know? Do you remember not knowing? <laughs> Would you like us to make you not know? Let's uh, scratch that. Yeah. That's a, that's a little weird. It's uh, a little we bit will evil. not assault our fans. Nope. But if you're not a fan, fair game. <laughs> <laughs> evil. And back at the factory, Buffy goes to untie the monk. She finds yep. him. She finds the monk, starts to untie him. And then uh, Glory does some sneaky sneaky. She's like a sneaky snake right behind her. <laughs> And Buffy's like, it's okay, I'm stronger than I look. And not dumb, as she grabs Glory by the throat, who was trying to sneak a snakey up on her. And then Glory fucking backhands her across the fucking room. Uh, across the room. And like 10 feet into the fucking air. Yeah. And like... And Buffy's like, oh, something's a well, mess. fuck. I dare say something's gone awry. <laughs> I shall make a sandwich out of it. Glory's like, are you sure about the last part? I'll make you a knuckle sandwich out of it. Out of the, all this rye bread here. Because it's gone awry. Okay, back at the magic gone. box. <laughs> Giles, Xander, and Willow. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, that, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> You're a very dorky Okay, yeah, man. Back, to, back to the magic box. Giles, Xander, and Willow are there, uh, <laughs> sit there groaning in pain. So, you know, like real retail workers. Quote of the day from Giles here. He says... I think I liked it better when demons would just crash in here and tear the place apart. I know, it right? It seems so much simpler. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> one quick little event, you manage it, and you move on. Yeah. But retail, God, retail is hell. Anya is still going strong <laughs> and managing the register and talking about restocking shit and raising prices, doing a seven-day background check for Hands of Glory, ironically, because they pack serious raw power and not for amateurs and they're dangerous and shit. So Giles gives Anya a job. Like Anya, 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 Lana. What? Would you like a job? That is an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked me that. And the answer is. And the answer is, yes. Um, Giles gives Anya a job. Willow mentions Buffy, and Giles is like, oh, hopefully she's not doing anything too rash. Cut back to... Uh, rash behavior. Buffy doing something a bit rash. Not really on purpose, well, but... Yeah, I'm, well, it's quite daft to fight Glory, apparently. Yes. Because <laughs> Glory... Glory's uh, a bit overpowered. Buffy's got no fucking chance. Yeah, the devs definitely OP'd this one. <laughs> I think they need to nerf it a bit. They, yeah, they did, they did not do nearly enough fucking playtesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, Buffy's getting a good old-fashioned and unexpected ass-whooping. Yep. Glory's like, just so you know, this is valuable time out of my day that I am never going to get back. Cause... Seriously, they wrote her as an entitled white man. <laughs> like, just... Go back through and listen to the dialogue. It's, it's an entitled white man. 
Kind of, kind of witty though. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's witty. Uh, hey, you know that rip a worm in half thing, and you get two worms. Think that'd work with you? <laughs> Some of this psycho, crazy look on her face is just neat. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. Wow. I. She's, wow. She's really enjoying herself. This is fun. I did not look up who the actor's name, but uh, she's really fucking good. Claire Kramer. Claire Kramer. No, she's really fucking good. She does the crazy evil, oh my god, she's gonna psychopathically murder us all villain exceptionally well. She does. I really like it. Now, she's not the mayor. <laughs> but nobody is. Really fucking good villain. I I highly highly approve of, of this big bad. Much better than last season's. Definitely. Very much enjoying it thus far. I can't wait to see where they go with her. Exactly. And, uh... So, yeah, the the fighting goes on. I think my favorite thing that she said during this fight was, Hey! You hit me! <laughs> what, were you born in a barn? <laughs> and this, those kinds of fucking double standards really just fucking drive me crazy. See? Entitled white man. Right? <laughs> she's not saying this with any amount of irony. She's just, she just legitimately, she's so entitled. She has no concept of any of her actions towards other people. Exactly. Only towards her. Psychopathic narcissist. Textbook. It just has this, it, it hits a really raw spot with me, you know, because I grew up around this bully shit like that. They'll fuck with you all day and relish in it, but if you so much as fight back a little bit, yep. you just watch their face go from pure delight to fucking rage in a fucking heartbeat. Like, what the actual fuck is wrong with people like that? Seriously. Great premise for a villain, though. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Very well done. Feel free to tell me if this next part gets a little too personal, because I'm told I have drama-free issues. Buffy ends up getting away from her a little bit and grabs the monk and they just fucking jump out a window. That's some ballsy shit. <laughs> Buffy's like, I would rather hit the ground at breakneck speed than get yeah. hit by this woman one more time. As Glory... Hey, hands like, off my holy man. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. Giggity. Uh, as Glory goes to run after her, her heel breaks, which slows her down. <laughs> Honestly... When she looked down, I expected to see a bone sticking out of her leg based on the noise that that heel breaking made. <laughs> it was good foley. Very good foley. <laughs> very good foley. Yeah. Not as good as macaroni and cheese foley, <laughs> but it was pretty good stick breaking foley. But it slows her down enough to where Buffy gets away and then Glory like stomps her feet in anger and then collapses the roof. It was a glorious <laughs> tantrum. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud of it. I am. That's okay. <laughs> That's good enough. <laughs> so the holy man is laying there against the fence where Buffy puts him, and he tells her all about the key while he's yes. dying. And uh, he molded it into flesh and sent it to her to keep it safe. And she's an innocent, but Buffy protests because it's her life that's being messed with, and she didn't ask for this. But Dawn is now a helpless human being and an innocent 
and does not know that she is not Buffy's sister. Yeah. That's the key to the plot here. Buffy says, she's not my sister. And the monk just replies very somberly, she doesn't know that. Just before he has an Oscar-worthy death, by the way. No tongue sticking out. No eye closing. No eyes closing. You just saw the life go out of his eyes even though you know he didn't die in real life he's just acting but god damn that was a solid performance very much one of the best screen deaths i've ever seen no i honestly think i have to agree with you legitimately like that like it felt very fucking real yeah chilling my scalp is tingling as i'm talking (laughs) about it god damn i love that feeling (laughs) it's good freaks me out um i'm like why are you doing that scalp stop it (laughs) Don't make me use more product on you. I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) And then your scalp's like, oh, yeah, we'll just start losing hair. How you feel about flakes, fucker? (laughs) That's not sugar in your cereal. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Could you not do that while I'm drinking? Uh, I will specifically do that while you're drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back to Buffy's house. She comes home. And Buffy realizes she done fucked up. Yeah. She comes home and Dawn storms off. And she, uh, when her mom's like, what's up? She's like, oh, you know, just sister stuff. Well, Dawn specifically stomps away going, I wasn't bothering her. Yeah. (laughs) She's fucking scared of Buffy now. Oh, yeah. And she fucking should be. Yeah. Based on that shit. Like, she doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Her mom is sick. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't. She's not emotionally mature enough to deal with this situation. Yeah. And Buffy is not fucking helping. No. And even before Buffy knew that something was up with Dawn, her behavior has not been great. I would say it's just not been acceptable in any way. Stop taking your shit out on her. Yeah. While Buffy has been very worried about her mom she is being very worried about her mom in the most selfish way fucking possible absolutely this isn't oh i'm worried about my mom this is oh i'm worried about losing my mom what about me losing my mom right yeah that's her whole fucking attitude well the apple doesn't fall far from the tree apparently and you know we always fall into this trap of well, that's bad behavior, and that's not how you should act in real life. But really, from a, a writing standpoint, this is good drama. No. It, it's, like, this is very realistically how shit like this would play out in real life. Definitely. Because, I mean, obviously Dawn, she's a 15-year-old girl. She's not emotionally equipped to deal with her mom being sick from some unknown thing. Yeah. And her sister being super selfish. On that same line, what, Buffy's 19, 20? Uh, yeah, I, like, I would guess 20, because they're in their second year of college. Yeah, so 20, maybe not even 21 yet, and she's not emotionally equipped to deal with this situation either. Yeah, Joyce keeps saying shit like, oh, you're so grown up now, and I'm like, no, she's not. She's yeah. still a fucking child. And honestly... She's not even old enough to drink. Honestly, it Look kinda... how grown up we are, and we drink all the time. That's why we're so grown up, right? That is not how that works. Drink, 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 drink. Fight! Drink, 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 fight. Hey! (laughs) Honestly, I kind of hate to go this route because, uh, you know, she's sick and dying. But uh, But. it's kind of on Joyce. Because, (laughs) hey, 
something's wrong with you. Your daughters are very obviously freaking out and you are shrugging it the fuck off. Yeah, she's in denial. And I, I, I kind of get that. I get being a bit in denial. But when you are a fucking parent, you need to take that shit into a fucking account. Absolutely. The more responsible move here would have been to take better care of herself. Yes. She's like, oh, don't worry about me. I'm fine. I'm worried about you. Oh, look at you. You're dead a couple episodes later. Oops. Now who's going to take care of your kids? Hope you had a great nest egg. That's not going to buy them a mom, though. Dipshit. Oof. Oof, I know, Oof. right? <laughs> Woof. So anyway, why don't we uh let's finish up the episode yeah, yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. So uh Buffy goes upstairs to apologize to Don because she fucking needs to. <laughs> At least. God damn. And I didn't think she'd be able to apologize well enough, and yet she kind of sort of pulls it off. Don's response. At first, it kind of bothered me that she actually expects Don to f- like Give her some sort of lucid response and forgive her seems to be the expectation she's putting on Dawn. Like she legitimately hurt her physically and emotionally simultaneously. And if I were Dawn, I'd be fucking terrified of Buffy at this point, like hiding under the bed or in the closet, jumping out the window terrified, not just sitting on the bed aloof terrified. And I think Buffy would have been better off if she's if she'd come in like, oh, my God, I was so high. I thought you were a dragon. (laughs) So I left to get some tacos. (laughs) And now I am so much better, Don. What happened? Can you just tell me what happened, Don? I think I hit you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So Buffy comes in to apologize. Dawn is like, I tell you, I have this theory. It goes where you're the one who's not my sister because mom adopted you from a shoebox full of baby (laughs) holler monkeys and never told you because it could hurt your delicate baby feelings. (laughs) That was one of mine, too. Buffy's like, that's your theory? Dawn says, explains your fashion sense. (laughs) Yeah, that was fantastic. And then she finishes up with, I just had a bad day and I'm still like, excuses. But Dawn's like, well, join the club. Buffy says, can I be president? (laughs) Dawn's like, I'm president. You can be the janitor. (laughs) I'm like, yes, yes. At least Dawn's getting in some good jabs. Yeah, I appreciated that. Like, she's not jumping through her asshole to forgive her. Um, She's like at least attempting to stand up for herself and give Buffy some of what she fucking deserves. Very much so. And the closing of this, though, is is what where it really all truly fits into place. Because Dawn, with amazing fucking acting, Dawn Use asks, your acting! And she does. Oh, she does. Ex- excellently. Because Buffy's just sitting there stroking yeah. Dawn's hair for a minute. She gives up on words. That's yep. what I really appreciate here. Yes. Is she was like, alright, I'm not saying any of the right things and it's not going to make you feel better anyway. And she just starts stroking her hair. And then Dawn asks, what's wrong with mom? And Buffy just replies with, I don't know. And they have this moment where basically, you can tell they're they're both just like 
we are losing our goddamn minds here and we don't know what to do. And they find solidarity in that. Bonding achieved. Yeah. Gerarg. Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights I shall give, walk give, in here. Hold on. You've got something here. Huh? Like, I don't, I don't have a great relationship with my brother. But had we been this age dealing with this kind of shit, um, and our, our age gap isn't quite as big as Buffy and Dawn, but this is probably how that shit would have fucking played out with between him and I if something like this had happened when we were that age. When you're emotionally immature, barely into your fucking adulthood, and, you know, in your teenage years when your fucking hormones are hell, you're there's no way in under any capacity that you're going to be able to deal with something like this. I think, aside from a little bit of a hiccup in the very beginning of this episode with Dawn, or rather, a little bit of a hiccup with how Buffy was written to respond to Dawn, outside of that, I think this episode, they truly, finally nailed the sister dynamic that we fucking deserve. Yes. Yes. You know, what really, really sold it for me was where, <laughs> gosh, Rex, tell me how you felt about the episode. Uh, no, the, the sister dynamic, what really solidified that and sold it for me was the moment where Buffy learned, even though Buffy knows that Dawn's not her sister, Dawn doesn't know that she's not her sister. Yep. And there's, there's no question at that point. If somebody walked up to you and said, you're my big brother, right? Oh my God. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> you couldn't say no to that shit. And from that point on, as far as any blood is ever concerned, blood can go fuck itself. Yes. You're my little sister. Yeah. For life. It's so fucking well done. Yeah. It really is. And from this point on, Buffy will always see Dawn as her little sister from here on out. Yep. Not because she feels obligated to, but because she knows she's had her eyes opened. Yeah. And it, it was, it was, yeah, it was so fucking well done. It was very touching. Yeah, Other definitely. than that, frankly, I felt like the rest of the episode was very blah. Um, I mean, I appreciate that we finally got to meet our season's big bad. Yeah. And... I, see, I don't know, dude. I I really fucking liked the episode. I actually really fucking liked the episode. See, I, I just have more trouble making fun of good episodes is the problem. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and no, that and that's a legitimate problem. Yeah, Luckily, we, I don't have to be as funny. <laughs> <laughs> eh, nobody has to do anything on this podcast. We're, we're just here to do what we want to do, but... Yeah, no, lots of things happened in this episode. Like, the uh, the magic shop is finally open. Yeah, and any of the scenes that we had that didn't pertain to the main story arc, they weren't bullshit fluff. There was no bullshit fluff in this. Like, there was characterization between everything going on in the mag magic shop and the Scoobies. Uh, Anya got hired in. 
you know, and they're setting up for the dynamic that will continue forward. The only real, like, slightly fluffy part was the fucking interaction with the goddamn man nurse Ben. Oh, right. And, like, that was obviously just a, well, we got to have something here to tell her this. That was more of a, a shoehorned in expository moment. Exactly. Whatever. They kept it short and simple. Exactly. Fine. I don't know. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. I didn't hate it. For once, I liked an episode more than you. That's that's kind of a rarity these days. Yeah, and I mean, you're kind of you're kind of convincing me that I liked it more than I thought I did. Like I said, I just uh, I have trouble. See, I'm looking at all of these episodes through the lens of how am I going to make this interesting to talk about? Yeah, more than how do I like the episode standalone? Yeah, and you it, know? that can be. I struggle with that as well. And that's just, that's the podcaster's dilemma. Yeah. Right there. But hey, uh, on on with quote of the day. Yeah. You got a quote of the day? Why, yes, Rex. Yes, I do have a quote of the day. I'm going to go with Don's line at the end. Buffy says, I just had a bad day. Don says, well, join the club. Buffy says, can I be president? <laughs> Don says, I'm president. You could be the janitor. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Don got two really good jabs in right in yeah. a row. Also, it was just a really great bonding moment for the two of them. All the all the feels. Yeah. She also got the final jab in in that conversation. She, and that that pleased that, me. that was the line that really shut Buffy the fuck up. Yep. It was. I, I appreciated it. Very, very close runner up honorable mention that I almost chose over that was Giles. Uh, he says, it appears to be paranormal in origin. <laughs> How can you tell? Well, it's so shiny. Oh, I'm going to be using that later. It's so good. Yeah. It just punches right through the fourth wall. Yes. And the bullshit. Yes. It's like, well, I don't feel like coming up with any nonsense fucking explanation for you. It's just shiny. Do you fucking mind? It's great. It's just great. It is. It's Buffy speak at its finest. Yep. And honestly, that's my honorable mention, too. (laughs) Beautiful. Uh, but my actual quote of the day, I'm giving to Anya in response to Xander saying, oh, the Amer- the union, the shopkeepers union of America called. They said that please go is replaced with have a nice day. And Anya's just best response possible. But I have their money. Who cares what kind of day they have? And please. No, but really. Please. Can <laughs> we just make all retail that? Like, just let's stop the bullshit. You don't have to be fake nice to me. I don't care. I don't care if you say hi to me. I don't I don't like small talk. I don't want small talk. I don't want to hear that fucking joke of oh it's not scanning. Is that mean it free? <laughs> like, oh no. my god. I it's funny you mention this because I just realized at the coffee shop that I go to every day, uh one of the baristas is super cool to me and he like gives me free stuff occasionally invited me to a party one time and i don't mind making small talk with him because it's sincere right and then there's this new guy who uh, whenever i come up to the counter is he trying too hard he's way trying too hard i'll i've like already ordered and there's just like i don't even consider it an awkward two seconds there's just a space of time where I'm waiting for the credit card machine and he's like, so do you have any plans for the weekend? And I'm like, oh, shut up. No, nobody has any plans for the weekend. 
Go fuck yourself. You know you know what you should reply with? Hmm. I'm going to lock myself in a, in a closet and cry. <laughs> <laughs> and then it will fucking stop him dead. <laughs> well, <laughs> I did, but it seems like you're on to me. <laughs> <laughs> I would, but I don't know your address. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a bit too psychopathic. Ah, uh, yeah, getting a little too. Uh, that's that's not okay. This that, is not okay. That is not okay. You know that's not okay because uh, this has been beer with Buffy, where we're not okay. <laughs> we're highly inappropriate. <laughs> this has been another episode of Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Like us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, follow us places. Uh, if you'd like to support our podcast, the number one way you can do that is by going to iTunes and giving us a review. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that. Patreon. Wait, it's no, no longer patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. No, it's not. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash beer with Buffy. Um, we, yeah. s- we switched services and our redirect subdomains are no longer working so just go to either www.beerwithbuffy.com or specifically if you want to go to patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer with buffy yep if you want to go to our store go to beerwithbuffy.com slash shop yep and uh because we got a new store with a bunch new merch and we have even more new merch coming damn right we did if you would like to get a hold of us to talk about the episode you can do that uh, two different ways. You can email us, beerwithbuffy at gmail.com, or you can send us a text or voicemail to 269-743-0783. And all of this is available at the new website where there are buttons for everything. Woo, I like buttons. And icons that we made custom. Button, button, who's got the button? Oh, I can't wait. I love that quote. <laughs> oh, that's next season. <laughs> And as always, thank you so much to JJ Treadway for our transition music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. (laughs) You were so unsure. I done why are we watching this